0: difficulties, trials, things we come upon, is that trials just happen. They happen in life. You know, trials are a part of life. It's not a matter of, like, whether or not they will come. It's a matter of when they come. Trials are always going to come in life. I think we've all been around here long enough to kind of, we've got that in our head. We've all been through some trials. Trials in life happen, and we don't have to look for them. They come to us. In fact, this word here that James used in this passage, which I just read, whenever you experience, that word experience in the Greek, we're going to learn a little bit of Greek today. Is everyone ready for that? A little bit of Greek. That word in the Greek, experience, whenever you experience trials, is this word peripepto. How did I go? Peripepto. <laughs> peripepto, which in Greek, this word experience means to fall into or to fall amongst, the peripept part is to be consumed by, to be completely surrounded by. And it's, James is saying that these trials, we fall into them. They're things which just, we're going along, going about our path, going about our journey and we happen to fall into them or amongst them. They just happen. In fact, that word peripepto is the same word that is used in the story of the Good Samaritan the parable of the Good Samaritan, when the man who was walking from Jerusalem down to Jericho, it says a man was going from Jerusalem, this is Luke 10.30, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into, or he peripepto, into the hands of robbers. It's the same word which is also used in Acts 27 verse 41 to describe when Paul's ship ran aground and was shipwrecked. They said that the ship was, was sailing, they went to go somewhere, and it peripepto, it ran aground, it hit a sandbar. It was unforeseen. It was unplanned. It, it wasn't like this is the plan, it just happened. Life happened. In all those contexts of scripture I just shared there, that word there, experience, that peripepto, it's not, so, it's not talking about going and looking for trouble. The context is that it's talking about that trouble just finds us. Trouble just comes in life. We don't have to go and search for it. The man was just going down to Jericho and he fell into trial. It came upon him. You know, it's like that with us and in our life. You know, we're on a journey. We're just here like, hey, I didn't even choose to start the race. Someone else started it for me. And I'm here and I'm on this journey and I've just got to go. I'm doing my job. I'm doing the best I can at life. We're all doing the best we can. And we fall into, we're just on our way and we fall into. We fall amongst and we get encompassed by things which are like those robbers. Like when the robber came to that man, it stripped him, it beat him, it left him abandoned. It left him half dead, exhausted and demoralized. Has anyone here just fallen into A trial where it's left you feeling like that. How did I get here? This wasn't in the book. I didn't sign up for this. That person did it. It just happened. And that's what James is saying, that these trials, they just happen. They peri-pepto to us. And he says, he goes on to say that these are going to be various trials. These trials are going to come in different shapes and sizes. They're going to be various Every one of us is going to face different challenges in life. Every one of us is going to have unique things. There's going to be things which are different, things which cause us pain, things which we wrestle with, things that seem to be coming against us, things which test us. They're unique. We're all going to have different ones. There'll be things which are people-related problems or problem-related people. Things in our homes Things in our families, things in our marriages, things in our workplaces. You might have a unique situation in your workplace. You didn't plan it. It's just the situation and the circumstances around you cause you to be in this and amongst this trial. In our schools, we can have it. In our church, in church, in church life, we can have trials. They're all going to be various, is what James is saying. Now, this word trial... This word, which I've been uh, using so much now, uh, you ready for some more Greek? This word in the Greek is parasmos, parasmos, which means to be immersed. That that moss part, the uh, the end of it, is in an immersed. You're completely immersed. But this word has a double meaning in the Greek. Okay, there's two meanings. The first one is that it's a trying or a testing, okay, a proving. There's a trial made of our bodily condition. Okay, it's like a testing. You see if something is fit for the trial, the parasmos. Is it fit for it? Is it it genuine? Prove it. Test it. And the second meaning of it is that same trying, that same testing, that same proving, but with a definite design to lead to wrongdoing, with a definite design. Evil intent—a trying and a testing which has a definite evil intent to bring harm, to bring pain, to bring—it's actually like a demonic force or the devil, literally come at you to rip you off. That paras purus—that is. Um, sorry, Daphne was telling me it's, it's 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 like the devil. It's basically it's like the devil coming at you to bring evil intent. It's the same word which is used when Jesus was in the desert. When Jesus was trialed, when Jesus was tempted, that same word, trialed, tempted, is parasmos. He was trialed by Satan in the desert. The trying, approving, attesting, but with an evil intent to rip him off. Another colorful picture of the nature of trials, these things which we can fall into, it's seen in the connection between the word perasmus. that's one Greek word, and here, ready for another Greek word? All right, this is a root word. Everyone understands what a root word is. You get all these other words from it. Okay, so in connection is this word periods. Periods, that's the best I can pronounce it. Periods. And periods is a root word. And periods, P E I R A T E S, is the same root word where we get perasmus, which means that, you know, testing. And periods is the word where we get our English word. Can anyone guess? Pirates. Yay! Gold star, Nikki. Yeah! (laughs) Periods. And that's exactly what our trials can be like, like pirates. Like pirates who just come and rob us. They just come like... You know, they come and steal. They take away what is precious to us. They come like robbers and they strip us. They beat us. They abandon us. They demoralize us. You know, like a pirate where our life is like that ship and these trials can come like a pirate and board our ship and just take over. Overtake. We didn't allow it. They just come straight in and overtake. And so James is saying that in life, We're going to fall into, fall amongst and be encompassed by these testings, various sorts, these testings, these provings, some which come with an evil intent to rip us off, to to rob us. We're going to face them and that they're going to come and try and rob us. But this is the thing. For us in Christ, we don't get robbed. We do not get robbed. We do not get robbed by pirates. We do not get robbed by trials. James says, consider it a great joy. Consider means to count or deem. Come to, give thought to, and come to conclusion based on fact. Conclusion based on fact. Count, consider it a joy. And the fact is that in the kingdom of God and his economy, we don't lose. We can't lose in God's kingdom. This is what James is pointing to. This is what he's alluding to. These trials are going to come. Pirates are going to come. But in God's economy, we have the ability to consider, to come to the conclusion, to deem, to give thought to that God, the sovereign God, will use this, will use the trying, will use the testing, will use the proving. And we will not lose treasure, we will gain treasure. God turns it around. James goes on to say that it's going to be even used for good. Consider it a joy. He's going to use it for good. It's the same thing which I know we all know this one very well and we say it all the time. It gets us through life. Paul wrote it, Romans 8.28. All things work together for good. Do you believe it? Yeah, we believe it. Yeah, we so believe it. Because we know we're in God's kingdom. And this is what James is saying. They work for good. There's a synergy of working together, God and trials. Trials come, God comes. God works with those trials. God is in synergy with the trials of life. The pirates which come at us, the unexpected things, God works in synergy with that thing, and it produces good for us. He overtakes the pirate. He boards the pirate ship and works with it and produces good for us. God works in and through our trials. There is a purpose for trials in God's kingdom. There is a purpose in God's economy. They produce, they work out, they achieve something in us. They bring about something. He hijacks them. What is that? What do these trials give us? What do they produce? Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trial, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now something quickly before I give you the answer about what they produce. This word produce, produce means to achieve something, to work it out, to bring into effect by toil. You know, we toil for something. We bring it into effect. It, that's what produce means, to achieve something. And this word persevere, another Greek word. You ready? Hippomone. Hippo, yeah, hippomone. That's about it. That's the best I can do on it. Perseverance. Perseverance in the Greek is hippomone. And it means to be patient, enduring. A steadfastness to remain, to be stable, that right in the midst of when the wind is blowing, you don't move. Your two feet are stuck still. Hippomone, to perseverance, means to persist and not move. And in the New Testament, that word hippomone, it refers to, I love this, I'll quote it straight off here. It refers to the characteristic of a man or a woman who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest of trials and suffering. In other words, a man or a woman who is known to be unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith, his loyalty to God, his loyalty to his Lord, even by the greatest trial or suffering, is known to be someone of hippomone, of perseverance. And just as James is saying, testing or these trials produce perseverance, so perseverance produces something. See? Perseverance achieves something. Perseverance brings into effect by toil. Perseverance works things out. It it is a producer. If you don't believe me, I'll show you a couple of examples. And I'll just have a quick drink at the same time. Jesus uses this term, hippomone, on two occasions in Luke's gospel. And it illustrates how perseverance produces. The first uh, use of it is in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Jesus says, The parable of the farmer who scatters the seed. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance, our hippomone, produce a crop. Second reference, Luke 21, verse 17 and 19. All men will hate you because of me. I just threw that one in there because I didn't even have to, but it's a great verse. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, by hippomone, you will gain life. And so it is in James 1.4. Perseverance, hippomone, must finish its work. It's doing something. There's a producing. It produces a crop. Perseverance produces life. It produces, it's in work. This is this word, hippomone. Trials. These pirates which come cause testing. There's a proving and a trying on us. And that testing causes perseverance. Yeah, that testing causes perseverance where we have to stand. It causes perseverance to stand and to remain and not move. But the thing with perseverance is perseverance when we stand and don't move and don't give up and aren't shifted and stick to the course on our deliberate purpose and our loyalty to faith to the one who called us, it produces something. And this is how God's kingdom works for good. This is how God overthrows the trials of life and work for good in our life. Perseverance must finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That word, mature and complete, in Greek, again, is tilios. Tilios, and it means to be perfect or to be fully grown. To be mature and complete means to be perfect or fully grown. And the idea is, when something is tilios, it means it's, it's, it's grown up, it's achieved its goal. It's achieved its purpose. It's reached what it was intended for. It's reached, you know, the objective and the purpose of its being. Okay? We plant a seed. We plant an apple tree. The purpose and the intent is it will grow fully to be fully mature into a tree. You know, we as human beings, we come to be Tilius. We start as a baby, and we turn into a fully grown man. I become Tilius. I've reached the perp- you know I've reached the full capacity of my growth. I've I've grown up, and all of us have a God-intended purpose. I so want to encourage us that every single person in here, every single on person on planet earth has a God-intended goal, an objective, a design, an intended purpose that God planted in you. Little preacher woman preached on Friday. God has put in you an intended plan and purpose. Before creation, he saw you and put it in you, your intended purpose, what you were to grow up into and become fully complete in and fully be who he created you to be. God's going to take the pirates, the trials in life and use them to produce perseverance which brings about that maturity and that growth and it causes fruit to be produced. That is it. God's purpose through trials is that we would become fully grown and that we would produce fruit. We would produce fruit. What do trials give us? They cause us to grow. Trials cause us to mature. They cause us to produce fruit. That in our relationship with Jesus, when we invite him in to those hard places, when we, you know, we we take those trials and we go to him in the trials, we we let him in our life, We, we open up our whole life to him, All the difficulties when we let Him in and He works in our life. He works through those trials and He will bring out of it fruit. Producing fruit is a must of the Christian life. Producing fruit is a must of the Christian life. No one was more adamant of that than Jesus Himself. John 15 I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me and I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Jesus is into fruit. Production of fruit in the Christian life is so important. Jesus is into it. He wants to see fruit in our life. He wants to see fruit grow. This word remain is another root word. It means meno, meno in the Greek it means to abide, to remain. Jesus is saying abide. It means to stand, to do not depart, to continue to be present, to endure, to last, to not perish, to not become another. It means to just stay, remain, be as you were, continue, just stay right there and wait. And it's the root word where we get our word hippomone, perseverance. Remain and perseverance, they're connected right there. Jesus has connected them. And in other words, fruit comes, Jesus is saying, when we stand. Jesus is saying that fruit comes when we endure in Christ. That when we are steadfast on his word, this word, when we just remain on his word and faithful and in the trial, we just stand and I'm I'm kind of just fixed to it. I'm stuck and this is it. I'm trusting, I'm standing on this produces fruit when we continue to be present in him when we continue to come and come and come and come and come and not let the disappointments run away not reject God not you know take the pirates and go you God I'm out of here but when we continue to bring it to him and be present produce fruit when we abide and we persevere produces fruit so what is fruit What is fruit? I love fruit. Mm, So good. Fruit is that which comes from something. Fruit comes from something. Fruit is an effect. It's a result or a work or an act of something. Okay. Fruit comes from something. It's the end result. The fruit of the Spirit is the visible expression of the invisible Holy Spirit in our life. That love, that joy, that peace, that patience. That's the visible expression. That's the the working out. That's the effect. That's what's come from the invisible power of the Holy Spirit working in us. That's the fruit. Fruit in the Bible is referred to as righteousness. The fruit of righteousness. Philippians 1.11 talks about the fruit of righteousness. Fruit in the Bible is soul winning, people, salvation. Jesus says, lift up your eyes to the harvest. Go out and that you would bear fruit. Get the fruit. The fruit is ready. Lives, people's salvation is fruit. And then, of course, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, which God wants not only in our lives, He wants in our families, He wants in our homes, He wants in our workplace. God wants to produce that sort of fruit in His church in your ministry, whatever you are doing. God wants to bring about fruit. He wants to bring that stuff into your world. But this is the thing with fruit. Though I love strawberries and mangoes, we all love mangoes, and I was very happy the other day. I saw the first row of mangoes on the shelf. Yes. And peaches. Yes. They have to be the two heavenly fruits. Peaches and mangoes. Yes. Fruit comes in seasons. Fruit in the natural is seasonal. Fruit comes in seasons. We can't, there's not fruit all, you try and get avocados, what they're trying to do now, we get avocados all year round. It never used to be like that. You get crappiest avocados sometimes. They're so bad. It's because fruit is seasonal. You try and produce mangoes all year round, you're going to get some bad, bad mangoes. There's, fruit is seasonal. It's just what God has worked in. God has just set seasons, seasons in place in nature. And just as fruit is seasonal, so trials come in season. They come in seasons. They come come in different times. The writer of Ecclesiastes, he understood this and he definitely wrote about it. He said, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. No time for your wife there, Nix. Too much. That's like our life. It's implied. And time for embrace, there was. Come on. <coughs> the God we serve is seasonal God. And it's not that He comes and goes. God doesn't come and go. He doesn't, you know, He's not here and then gone and here and gone. He doesn't come like that. But all things in God's economy, in God's in the world, it's just the way it's set is all things have a season. You know, there's seasons that just come and go. And just as God is seasonal, he's a master farmer as well. He's a master gardener. And he knows that all seasons are important for producing fruit. You have to have every season to produce the fruit. There has to be the rainy season. You don't get the good mulberries without the good water. A couple of years ago, we got no water. The mulberries were so bad. We've had a little bit of water this year. I'm not sure how they're going to be. They're seasons. You know, all those seasons. And God is the master farmer, the master gardener. He knows what seasons. And seasons, this is the thing, these pirates, these, these tough seasons, they, they, they bring about that, that fruit. They, they allow and cause that fruit to go at the right time. Jesus is the man for all seasons. Jesus is the man for all seasons. In every single season, Jesus knows what's needed. He knows exactly what needs pruning in each season. He knows exactly when you need water. He knows exactly. Jesus in every season knows exactly what you as a plant, if I can call us plants, he knows exactly what we need. If we need nurture and love and compassion, he knows that and he's there. You know, He knows exactly what we need in every season. One glimpse of Jesus and our hearts, our heaviest burdens, sorry, our hardest trials. This is this eternal aspect. There's an eternal aspect with seasons. I'll just say this quickly. There's an eternal aspect with seasons. And the Ecclesiastes writer wrote it. That thing which I just said, a time for everything, a time for blah, 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 a time, a time, a time, a time, a time, a time. You know, right at the end of that, I didn't read it, two verses later, he tacks onto it. But God, And God is set into the hearts of man eternity. He said eternity. You know, and there's something about seasons, sorry, eternity, which really puts all seasons into perspective. You know, when we're in the hardest season, the difficultest season, the hardest trial that we're going through, one glimpse of eternity puts it into, expect, into perspective and gives us hope. Because Jesus gave us eternal life. There's something which lifts that. And it's the same also when we're in riches and we're, bountiful and everything like this is you know one look in eternity all that rich becomes really not that much you know and there's a humbling there's there's also just a a sobering about this eternal thing in life like wow in the end everything is just sitting underneath actually eternity you know there's there's a there's a big (laughs) and i just hope that's an encouragement for someone here today No, but about these trials. Trials are just as much as part of life as winter is of each year. You can't have a year without a winter just as much as you can't have a life without trials. Winter is certain to come. Winter is going to come every year. Just like trials, these things which we fall into, James says, we are going to experience them. They're going to come. Difficult times are going to come. And they're going to feel like winter times going to come and you're going to feel like you're in a winter. Trials are normal for everyone, We're all going to fall into them at some point. Winters are a part of life. Winter seasons will always come around. Both Peter and Paul, two little birds sitting on a wall, one name Peter, one name Paul. <laughs> Love that song as a kid. Both of these guys experienced and forewarned about these trials, these sufferings. Peter wrote, we looked at the whole thing of 1 Peter in fact. It's all about suffering. It's all about the trial. It's all about testing. 1 Peter 1.6 says in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. 1 Peter 4.12, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. Even Peter had Jesus just imply that he's going to die this horrible death and he ends up being crucified as well. Peter was very aware of the trials of life. Paul also, he wrote Romans 5.3, not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And Paul was imprisoned, he was flogged, he was exposed to death, he had the 40 lashes minus one like three times or something, he was stoned, they actually thought he was dead, he got shipwrecked, he's been hungry, he's he's been through the ringer, compared to what we've been through, some of us. I know me, I've had pretty sweet compared to Paul. He's even been in danger from his own, you know, false brothers. False brothers in the church. He's faced trial in everything. He was a man who was on a deliberate purpose. He was loyal to his faith. But man, just trial came and came and came. Like we've looked at these trials. Mate, God uses our trials. And I so want to encourage us. God is using them. God like in, God is using him to produce in us perseverance. To produce in us something where we would stand, man. Where we would like really decide, this is where I've got to stand and I've got to be present here. And I've got to remain. I, it, it causes that. It causes a perseverance. Trials produce perseverance. And that perseverance produces fruit. Come on, it, it, it brings it out. God brings it in. Um you know, I really actually I want to share that testimony. Is on Friday, like the all nighter was good. All nighter was awesome. But man, we had the best youth ever last last Friday. Just gone. On, this one John, just go on just gone. You know, youth for this church, obviously you guys persevered for three years there, whatever, no youth group or anything like that. Then when we started youth group, how long have we been doing it now? Three three, four years, something like that. And it hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. Man, it has been trial. It has been like, you know, pirates. It's been difficult. You think it's like... I know we sometimes think, oh, just have another door. It's youth. It's cool. It's fun. Man, there is so much which goes into it. There's so much time spent in the week. There is so much effort and energy that's put into it. There's so much. You're working with people. You're doing ministry with people. It's about people and kids and teenagers. And it's difficult. There's trials and all your expectations, your dreams, you just go and up and and you just put in so much effort, so much energy you put into that Friday night and it just bombs, like completely bombs. And you leave, and you're like, oh. That's Nikki does that, not me. I'm just like, eh, hey, it'll be cool next week, whatever. <coughs> but it bombs, man. We've had trial. We've had trial. But, mate, that person, Nikki, had persevered. Our team has persevered feared, man. Everyone has put in so much effort and has persevered and stuck the ground. Man, we could have so easily thrown in the towel. So, I tell you what, man, through sickness, yeah, multiple times through sickness, through just challenges we've had, man, we would so be keen to throw in the towel. Serious. Ah, we could have been keen. (laughs) (laughs) But it's things like last Friday night when we had two girls up here who had never been in church had, well, I had been in church, but this year, you know, not going to church at all, have come into youth group. One of them's right here, Savvy, absolutely awesome, and preach a word about following Jesus that she's fully decided to live for Jesus and that living without Jesus is just boring and you have to actually make a choice. And my life is all about following Jesus. One, that was Savvy had that. Two, there was another girl, Tali. And just, just her testimony of how she just so desperately just wanted to invite Jesus into her life and just so asked him and just like, whoa, what? Man, we had the whole young guys, they led the show last week. They led the games. They, they did everything. They're up here on the worship and it's just like fruit. When Jesus said, produce fruit which lasts, man, it gave, it gave like to this message of perseverance produce fruit oh bring on the trial, like persevere it produces fruit every single one of us who's here today you know what we're eating the fruit of we're enjoying fruit of perseverance perseverance through everything Donnie and denise out the back perseverance what are we enjoying such a great church so good through perseverance thank you guys Stuck it down, steadfast, unswerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith produces fruit, produces some stuff. Man, this is how God works. Have you had any trials? (laughs) Maybe one or two. Mate, God uses and works through it and so as a church, I just want to encourage all of us. Whatever area it is, whatever you're working in, whatever you're leading, whatever it is in marriage or in your workplace, in your ministry, JIT, persevere with the creative team. Persevere. Oh, I, know it's, I know it's tough. It's even tough to have a meeting. It's tough to do anything. It's tough to bring something. It's trial. It's trial. It's, oh my gosh, it's difficulty. Persevere. It's going to bring fruit. And this church is going to reap the benefit of that. Man, it's going to reap the benefit. Those kids church. we've got two new buildings man the kids church team has persevered and there's two awesome buildings and they're being filled with kids but mate there's been trial there's been pirates there's been unexpected it's just life like just comes about and some of you here today this one I just want to bring it if you are here today and you feel like you you might be right now in the middle of winter in the season that is winter where's the fruit my gosh, no strawberries here, except strawberries are seasonal, ah, winter fruit. So, where's the mangoes? <laughs> where's the peaches? Man, some of you are wondering, where did this come from? <laughs> just got shot in the side. Where did that come from? You know, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> this, this sickness in my body, or this, I just, Back there, I wasn't expecting this. I've been robbed. Some of you might feel like you've been demoralized and abandoned and you've just fallen into or you've just been encompassed by a situation which is really trying you, really testing you. And you can feel the evil intent behind it. You can feel it trying to rip you off. Some of you might just feel spiritually cold, miserable, just... You feel that winter in your soul. It's actually just <laughs> crippled you. I have two encouragements for you. Number one, persevere. I know <laughs> oh it's one plus one equals two. <laughs> persevere. Because God is producing something in it. You can either choose to not persevere and run away won't produce any fruit. It will produce fruit but it'll probably be fruit of, that won't turn out for good. Just get you in more trouble. Persevere, stand fast, put your feet firm on the ground. God is working in it. You know there's you got to in those tough times. I was talking to my mate Steve Clark and I know he's been through some tough times and he says in those tough times I tell you where perseverance really starts to happen when you look to the sovereignty of God. And you begin to trust in Him. Whoa. Yeah, persevere. If you are in that winter, persevere. Stand. It's going to produce something. And two, if you are in the midst of your worst trial, if you are in the worst winter, there is a sure anchor of hope. There is definitely hope. And that hope is for change. That hope is... That seasons change. That anchor of hope is actually the season changer. That's what I call him. Just as summer has never lasted forever, or winter gone on forever, so your season will be followed by another. Winter doesn't last forever. It changes. In time, the sun the sun at the centre of the solar system, the sun who's right there in the centre, who never moves, that sun in our solar system, it causes change. Everything is revolving around that sun. And that sun, in time, there will be change. And that change brings about the different season and the fruit. That sun right there in the middle. Seasons change not because of Earth's distance from the sun this is what i want to encourage someone i don't it's in here seasons change not because of the the earth orbits the thing but it's it's marginal it's like fractional how much like it's it's basically in a circle but it orbits it's 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 not that the earth gets further away from the sun we jesus has never get further away from us it's because the earth is tilted. It, that's what causes seasons. That's what causes it to be hot sometimes and cold sometimes. The earth is, mate, it's just, it's, it's going around. It's right there. But it's the tilt of the earth. And it's almost like that tilt of the earth is the tilt of life. It's the unbalance of life. Life is not perfect. It's, it's like unbalanced I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Oh, okay, now I'm full. Oh, I don't have enough money. Man, I got so much money. You know, we're always going from. There's, it's. It's just not quite. There's this relationship I got to work on, and this, and in this, and this, and this. There's a tilt in life. We're a fallen, fallen world we live in. And I just think when I saw that picture of, you know, even though life is tilted, God set the earth on a tilt, and it's just like life is tilted goes around that sun and the seasons change that sun is our anchor of hope if you're in winter here today that sun at the center is the anchor of hope for change because life and time it will change and the sun will cause that seasons to change he'll use even the tilts the trials of life he uses the tilt. He uses the yuckiness. He uses the things which try to rip us off. He uses that stuff. He actually uses it to cause the seasons to actually produce fruit. We don't get fruit without seasons. God uses everything for the good in our life. James is saying, Consider, come to the conclusion, deem, count it a joy. Because sovereign God works in and through everything to bring fruit about in our life. Jesus is the sun. Jesus is the one who will cause your winter to turn into spring. Nature itself testifies to it every year. Winter is followed by spring. The sun is our anchor of hope, the sun is the bringer of change, and at just the right time, he will do that. Our job is to persevere to hippomone, to stand our ground, to not move, to remain to show steadfastness to be people who are unswerved to that calling on my life I know God has spoken to me, words you've had people say things, the encouragement you know, words that you've got from God promises stick to it stand even in the midst of the trial. He will bring change and He will bring it about for your good. Our job is to consider, to consider, to deem, to go away and to to meditate, to come to the conclusion based on the fact that God is sovereign and good. Come to that conclusion and deem that it is a great joy whenever, at all times, whenever I experience these trials. Because the testing of my faith is going to produce something. It's going to produce perseverance. And God wants it, man. God needs people. God needs us as Christians to be able to stand. Man, we get, in this world, washing everywhere. We know we get teenagers coming into youth who lives just go. They need leaders. They need people, shepherds. They need people who... Still, I'm not moved or who are still and are so convinced, man, who have been through some trials and seen the production of fruit that God brings about, because then they too, <laughs> we want to see them be able to stand and to grow up fully into everything God has called them to be. I want to finish. Anyone get anything out of that today? Yeah. That's good. I want to finish with one more story. It's actually one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. I just love this story. I've preached on it before. I I love this story so much. It's Mark chapter 5, verse 24-34. It's about the woman with the issue of bleeding. And it says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him, Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see, the against, you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I want to encourage, if you are here in a winter, that Jesus is the real changer and the real healer. This woman was in the worst winter possible. Man, the circumstances of life, the pirates which fell upon her, which she did not choose, they came upon her. One, in her culture, she was born as a woman. And so she's instantly, number two, she had a sickness, a disease, an illness of bleeding. Which in the Jewish custom to be bleeding like that was unclean, was shameful. You were not allowed in the presence, in the market. You're not allowed out with the other people. You're unclean. It fell upon her. She did not choose that for 12 years. 12 years she had to go through that 12 years day in and day out she saw all the doctors there was no success she spent all her money and nothing nothing it only grew worse that's about as bad as winter can get for a person she did not choose it the circumstances of life just happened the pirates came with an evil intent to rip her off to completely demoralise her, strip her, abandon her and leave her worth nothing. But the season changer came past. One day the season changer, the right time, the season changer came past. That sun came past. Something in her. That perseverance to overcome this trial. That perseverance I'm going I'm to overcome. I heard, I heard one word about this Jesus that he heals maybe he can heal me maybe he can fix me I'm I'm not going to just give in and die here I'm going to go and get him I'm going to go and touch him I'm going to go and reach out to the sun she reached out, she went out, she persevered one touch of Jesus and power went out from him man what comes from the sun every day and scorches our skin power (laughs) Power. Man, we are, thank you, Lord, we're not any closer. That thing would burn. There's power in the sun. Mate, there is power in Jesus. There is absolute power to destroy your winter. Whatever that thing was, Tim, that you were encouraging someone with, whoever that is, there is power to break through. Today, man, people, God wants to power into your life to help you come out for you who have been persevering the time is now the time is now to come to Jesus persevere and keep coming, continue to be present and at the right time that son this, I love this, he said daughter your faith has healed you and James said the testing of your faith testing of your faith that you know being certain of what you hope for that faith is that's what faith is being certain of you what you hope for being sure of what you cannot see Jesus said to her that faith you had that healed you and man trials God uses these trials produces in us it, it causes faith mmm <clears throat> faith to grow and that faith actually heals our body it heals our life, it heals when we the, more we, the more we can, he's real the more we are certain of what we cannot see the more we are sure of what we hope for, the more that faith grows, healing not just for our lives but the people around us not just for us mate, God wants to see us grow up me grow up into fullness who he's called me to be I'll face trials he's going to use them but he wants me to grow up that I can feed other people and, and then let it not be just about me but I'm persevering for other people as well I'm continually going and just let yes 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 Lord this is hard but I'm, I'm, I trust you I know we, we, we can work in this life. You are working. You are good, Lord. You will bring about. The and will change. And it will bear fruit. And it will feed other people. Why don't we stand? And uh, if you're in winter, today's a good time for spring. <laughs> Amen. If you've been persevering, I want to challenge you just to persevere a little bit more. (laughs) Keep persevering. That perseverance might look like even today, responding and coming forward. Coming out to Jesus one more time. Coming forward for prayer for that same thing one more time. Persevere at it. Don't give up. Don't just, you know, well, that's my lot in life. That's it. If that woman did that, she would just still be the same. She would have just still be the same. She persevered. Today, if you need to persevere, we sing this song. Why don't you come forward? Come out here and persevere one more time. And say, God, I've got this trial. Work in it for me. Please, Lord. Please show me that it's going to bear fruit. Show me that it's going to cause fruit to come. Mate, God has got a house full of awesome, awesome people. Every single one of you are awesome, awesome people, man, with gifts and talents. When God created every single one of us here in this room, mate, he had a design, he had a plan and a purpose for your life. To grow you up and you are unique. And he had a mate, he wants to see you produce. And he will bring that about. Let's persevere.